We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Tuesday, June 27th, 6-12, as we're recording this. If anything happens after this podcast, we apologize. But we're going to be talking about the latest and greatest NBA rumors, specifically ones involving the Indiana Pacers. I'm joined today, once again, by your favorite co-host, Michael. Jairus Walker Fachi. Fachi, what's going on, brother? The J does stand for Jairus. Look, hey, I am excited, Alex. Man, it just... Whew. I'm waiting on the Pacers to make a move. But what always helps get me through the day is when you hear a little bit of those rumblings out there of who the Pacers could be calling about. And today, you know, we did hear some rumors. Jake Fisher put out some awesome content, you know, mentioning who the Pacers could be linked to, as well as, you know, who are some of the other names that could be linked to other teams. Yeah, no, it's been really interesting because I've been listening to different off-season podcasts. You know, at this point, you're just ready to hear like what people think your team could do. So I first listened to Brian Winhorst and the Hoop Collective and Tim McMahon, who covers the Dallas Mavericks and he covers uh, Memphis a little bit. He covers Utah a little bit. He just kind of does some, you know, that Southwest division there for ESPN. He really connected Harrison Barnes to Rick Carlisle and the Pacers and said, you know, Harrison Barnes is this guy that Rick Carlisle absolutely loves. The reason they had to trade him, Haralabob, who was formerly with the Mavericks, basically said that on the record, yeah, Cuban asked me to trade him because Rick was calling plays for Harrison Barnes when they had Luka Doncic on the roster. So uh, that is a good, you know, that's good insight. And I think Rick Carlisle's voice is probably one of the loudest in the Pacers front office in terms of moves yes. they make and players they go after. So uh, that was, you know, some connecting of the dots and everybody kind of agreed with that. And then Bill Simmons, him and Ryan Russillo, they went through a list of players and they said Cameron Johnson. 
could be a sleeper name for the Pacers. Bill Simmons said that. So then we get Jake Fisher's article today, Fachi. I'll let you kind of highlight what he brought up here. But he tied at least four names that I know of to the Pacers in this article. No, he really did. And Harrison Barnes was obviously that name that really stood out the loudest. But also some of their names linked to the Pacers were Grant Williams, Max Struess, and am I missing uh, another one? DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter, yes, indeed. And that is some, I think DeAndre Hunter is probably that name that's been growing on a lot of Pacer fans lately because it does make a lot of sense. He isn't someone who has maybe one year on a deal or anything. It's a four-year, $90 million contract for a legit two-way player at a position of need for the Pacers while he is still young. There is so much to like. But, Alex, here's the question I have for you. When we heard that, that the Hawks were looking to entertain a trade with the Pacers for DeAndre Hunter, and they were asking for the number seven pick, and then we see what they traded for John Collins, do you feel better about the Pacers' chances to get DeAndre Hunter now. Yeah, you know, it's funny is when we, we did our exercise for our like our draft guy type thing and we were throwing out trade ideas and like moving back. And I was like, yeah, you know, seven and whatever for Hunter and 15. Like, yeah, it made sense to me. Um, obviously, the Pacers did not like that at all. I think Jairus Walker really was, not. Their, was their guy and they feel very high about him and I can see why. So, you know, it's when you get talking yourself into ideas, it's more so like it just got to make it make sense. But yeah, I think overall... The John Collins contract and the trade, it was just a bit of a shocker. I think that everybody expected John Collins to be moved at some point, but not for Rudy Gay in a second-round pick. Like, that was a big – there's a big old dump in uh, Utah, baby. Uh, They just dumped all that money right there and said, take it and run with it, you know. So, kudos to the Hawks. They're trying to sell off some of these guys. They've got a pretty loaded roster already. I do feel like his value is probably a little bit lower then maybe we were speculating, but I think they're still going to want something of good return for him because he was a fourth overall pick not too long ago, and he's kind of a 3 and D guy. So, you know, that Mm -hmm. term gets thrown around loosely, but that's kind of like that prototypical wing that he is, 3-4 kind of guy, probably more of a 4 than he is a 3, but, you know, played a lot of 3 with John Collins playing the 4 and Capella playing the 5. So, you know, I will say this. I threw There was a trade out on Twitter today from a Hawks fan. It was a three-team trade between the Hawks, the Pacers, and the Suns. And this happened about three hours ago before we started recording. And I said, what you think, Pacer fans? And I got like 86 comments back on this trade, Fachi. Ooh. A lot of people were sharing their opinions on this trade. Uh, <laughs> some good, some bad. 52 people liked it. Here was a trade. I'll throw it at you. I want to hear your thoughts. Okay. The Hawks get DeAndre Ayton and Chris Duarte. The Suns get Clint Capella and Buddy Heald. The Indiana Pacers get DeAndre Hunter. I think the Suns definitely like that because that's going to give them flexibility moving forward. They can still win now. The Pacers get DeAndre Hunter. They're giving up Buddy Heald and Chris Duarte, right? Yep. yep. I, for, as a Pacer fan, I love that deal because, look, we I think the writing's on the wall. The Pacers are likely not going to re-sign Buddy Heald. And from a defensive standpoint, those two players don't even belong in the same category. Buddy, great shooter, definitely a better shooter. DeAndre Hunter, better two-way player. Uh, Duarte... Look, I think that makes a lot of sense to be, you know, he he's going to uh, Atlanta in this deal, right? What'd you say again? Sorry. Duarte's going to Atlanta, right? Duarte yeah, and Duarte and Aiden are going to Atlanta. And the, yeah, and I think in this situation, they want to get off Clint Capella. And I think that, you know, Trey Young and 
DeAndre Ayton, I think, is a pretty good combination. And I think if you told people that in the 2018 draft, Hawks would end up having, you know, Ayton, the number one pick, and Trey Young, they would feel really good about that. And I, I do think that, that that would be a great restart, like a fresh start for Ayton. But for the Pacers, I, I think that's a really good scenario. Yeah, I'll read some comments here just to kind of give you a feel for how Pacer fans are responding. Uh, one person said, probably say yes to this, a clear roster spot. It opens up a bit of the rotation. That was Gage. He sent a nice uh, uh, mailbag question in for us. Yep. And then Lou DeHater said, no way. Buddy is greater than Hunter. Um, let's see here. Robert T. Ives. He said, big no, huge no. There are numerous defensive, uh, defensive uh, wow, this is defensively capable forwards in the league that are better and or better for their salary. Memphis has about three. Find a good defensive forward, six foot seven or taller, buried on the bench of a good team. They are out there. Hawks would have to throw a pick in there. Considering the Suns and Pacers are sending out the best players in the deal, I'd rather aim for Trey Murphy the third and send Hill to New Orleans and another three-team deal. Well, that's a little bit different. Um, I'll read one more. Uh, this one comes from Smith. He said, it's the injury history that gives me a pause on Hunter. If no draft capital is involved, I'd consider it. So, a lot of Pacer fans are like all over the place. Some people are like really high on Buddy's value and that kind of stuff, but it just feels like as an expiring contract for Buddy to turn that into a guy that's on a four-year deal for that cheap makes a lot of sense. That, that's what it is. And I understand that people like Buddy Heald. I like Buddy Heald, but I'm also, I'm a Pacer fan and ahead of being a Buddy Heald fan. Yeah. So you got to do what's best for the team. And scoring was not where they struggled last year. Hunter could still give you, you know, 15 a game or more, average about 15 and a half points per game last year. Shot 46%. He's had you know, a solid three-point shooter. No, he's never going to be Buddy Heald from three, but he is an elite three-point shooter. But I think DeAndre Hunter at six foot eight, you know, could play the three, play the four, like you mentioned. I think solves a lot, but also the contract's good. It's good. People are acting like it's it's really not, you know, the four years, ninety million dollars. I mean, let's just see on, on average. That breaks down to roughly $22.5 million per year. When, when the cap goes up, that's going to be a really good deal. If you're going to re-sign Buddy Heald, you're, you're doing it at $20 million or more per year. So give me the defense. The Pacers are not including draft capital in that trade. So I think I think that's really important. So I'm, I'm a fan of that deal. Yeah, I think it makes a lot of Plus sense. he's 25 years old. Yeah, that, that, that too. Uh, I do want to read this comment because, you know, David Matillo – faithful listener of the show yep. uh he called me out he said on the podcast Ooh. i said i uh, said on your pod alex you said give up something not valuable like buddy heel he said this guy is saying give up very little in buddy Heald. i do not like referring to one of the best shooters in all of the nba this way i'm over it and nine people liked it somebody retweeted it so you know Ooh. other people feel this way i i get it you know it's it is what it is somebody replied and said he only shot 43 percent and was a single season record for the pacers but yeah this guy has no value with laughing emojis. Look, maybe when I said that, I wasn't saying he has no value. Uh, maybe you heard me wrong. Maybe I said it wrong, but I think Buddy Hield has value. I just don't know how much value is on an expiring contract. He's going to be a bench player next year for the Pacers. Um, doesn't play any defense. Yeah, he's a great offensive player, but there are limitations to his game. Pacers want to get better on defense. If they were that locked into Buddy Hield, I think Kevin Pritchard would have obviously been a little bit more committed to him at his end of season presser. It's been very like, yeah, we like buddy, but we got to, he's got to play defense. So if I said it the wrong way, I apologize. He does have value. I'm not saying he's a not valuable player, but can 
considering other players on your team, he has much less value than some of the other players on the team. I guess that's how I would try to fix what I said if I said it the wrong way. Of course, buddy. Shooting always has value in this league, no doubt about it. But when you said doesn't have value, I'm sure you're referring to saying offering up like the seventh overall pick or a first round pick or a Benedict Matherin or an Andrew Nemhard or, or a Miles Turner or a Tyrese Halliburton or you know anything like that that's viewed as more of the core of this team. DeAndre Hunter's five years younger than Buddy Heald. He's six foot eight as compared to Buddy being six foot four. He's going to give you far more defense than Buddy ever could. No offense. That's just – it's a fact right over there. I, I've always enjoyed Buddy. We we have podcast episodes from years ago trying to trade for Buddy. Yeah, when my he was dog's name games. is Buddy. You're, yeah, exactly. Look, we value Buddy Heald. But when you're talking about an expiring contract, we've seen the trade returns are never really that great at all. So that's kind of what I think you were going for compared to we're not looking to trade draft capital unless it's for someone that we see as a, you know, more far more of a needle mover for this team. And at this point with Buddy, look, if they really valued Buddy long term, they probably wouldn't have drafted Ben Shepard because I feel like that kind of led to the writing on the wall of, hey, we're setting ourselves up for kind of a successor or someone else to fill that three-point shooting need if the Pacers move on from Buddy. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's it's one of those things that's like people are going to like players on their team more than they probably do, you know. No doubt. Like, you know, there for a while we loved Jakar Sampson. I mean, I forgot I about I loved Alizé Johnson, too. I'm yeah. still torn up. Terry Taylor, don't get me going. I love that man. And and it's just, <laughs> look, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know if he's I don't know if he's in the league this year. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. There's just so much talent, and I think your job is to always go out there and get the best talent available that makes sense for your team. Buddy Hill makes sense for this team because of his connection with Tyrese Halliburton and his connection with Rick Carlisle. Um, and if we brought in a guy like Harrison Barnes that we're talking about on these latest rumors, then yeah, that does make some sense. So I don't want to be labor the point. I don't want to you know talk about this ad nauseum for no reason. You know, um, like I said, I just want to apologize if I said he had no value. Uh, not trying to say that he has no value. So. Uh, back that up. I've been podcasting a lot the last couple of weeks. I'm sure there's stuff that I've said that I don't remember that I said. So it's what happens when you start talking about stuff. But I will say this, at least me and you give our opinions. We're not just skirting around and not saying our opinions on certain things. And we could be wrong. We could be right. You know, we're wrong some of the time. That's okay. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not here to not give my opinion on stuff. I think that's what makes this podcast a lot of fun is that me and you are not afraid to put our opinions out there, even if people don't agree with them. Exactly. I am not trying to paint myself as some expert. All I'm saying is I love this team and I want to I want to find the moves that make the most sense for this team to win. And that's not always putting, you know, my love for a player first. Like mm-hmm. there are certain guys that I love, but at the same point, I could still root for them when they go on other teams. Mm-hmm. I root for the Pacers. Yes. We, I mean, we kind of got ourselves back into that corner with Demonte Sabonis. I mean, there's no doubt about yep. it with this podcast. We were Sabonis guys through and through. And when we made the trade, you know what? We were all aboard the Tyrese Halliburton train. So, you know. There was just... never a moment after that where we were like, oh, I just don't know about that. No, no. No, it that was... trade made a lot of sense. And thank you for pulling off that deal. Tyrese Halliburton was exactly what the Pacers needed to be able to, you know, um, raise the ceiling on this team. Mm. Okay, so let me ask you this. Would you rather 
do a trade like that for DeAndre Hunter, or would you rather sign Harrison Barnes to a two-year deal? I mean, I, I'm I'm still cool with the deal for for Hunter because here's the thing: over Harrison NBA, Barnes. Yeah, I guess so, because you're getting a player who's much better defensively, who's six years younger, uh, five to six years younger. Is he that then, much better defensively than Harrison Barnes? I mean, I don't I'm not gonna I don't I don't have their their defensive ratings, you know, hand by hand. But look, good player, five to six years younger, signed under contract, you know, I, I think it's it's very appealing. But here's the thing in the NBA, you can't let expiring contracts walk. Right. You can't. So either your plan is to sign both buddy long term or your plan is to trade buddy and be able to accumulate something in return that that's where i'm at with that um you know if, if it's uh if you're talking about both players on a four-year deal i want deandre Ayton on a four-year deal i mean deandre Ayton. hunter see it's hard DeAndre it's, Hunter. Well, it's look, very easy to do we've been talking already, about Ayton so much i laugh because we almost always hesitate we always go deandre hunter like <laughs> have to catch no ourselves. doubt about it i meant deandre hunter uh, if you're talking about both players on a four-year deal, I definitely want DeAndre Hunter on a four-year deal more than I want Harrison Barnes. But I said on a two-year deal. I know, I know. It, it, it's it's tough. It, it goes it goes hand in hand. But trading Buddy and Duarte is, is something that I could live with in mm. this deal compared to trading, you know, draft picks, Nemhard, you know, Matherin, anything like that. Yeah. What about you? I would go Harrison Barnes for two years. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that because you're saving your cap flexibility moving mm. forward. And for that, I, I could see both sides of it. Either mm. one, I think, is a good move designed towards making this team better. Yeah, but with the way this was set up, you could make both moves and have them both on your roster too. Yeah. yeah. You know, because that trade doesn't affect your cap space. I think it no, actually it's, it's true. I think it actually gives you more cap space. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, ask yourself this. Do you feel right now that the Pacers are confidently looking to re-sign Chris Duarte? Oh, man, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, not right now. I mean, mean, if if you look at the numbers I put up yesterday, I did a nice little comparison here between Ben Shepard and Buddy Hill. Because I'm not Buddy Hill, uh, Chris Duarte. Because I was kind of curious, like, what were Chris Duarte's numbers when he was – when he was in college, because I was like, you know, these guys, to me, like it felt like they almost drafted Ben Shepard to be Chris Duarte's replacement, just a little bit. Yeah. Not entirely, but I'm just going to read it in case you didn't see it on Twitter. So in their final year uh, at Oregon for Buddy, or for, I keep saying Buddy, Chris Duarte in Oregon, Ben Shepard at Belmont, their final year. This is Duarte's number. He played 34 minutes per game, 17.1 points per game, 4.6 rebounds per game, 2.7 assists per game. 1.9 steals per game and 0.8 blocks per game. But this one, listen to his shooting splits here. 63.1% from two, 42.4% from three, and 81% from the free throw line. That's pretty incredible shooting. And he was playing in the Pac-12. Now, Ben Shepard, playing in the Missouri Valley Conference, the MVC, he played 34.4 minutes, so about the same amount of minutes. 18.8 points per game, so about a point and a half higher. 5.2 rebounds uh, per game, a half a rebound higher. assists per game, 1.4 steals per game, and 0.2 blocks per game. However, the shooting splits are worse from two, only 51.9% from two, which is not bad. It's good. 41.8% from three, but just a 68.4% free throw shooter, Fachi. That to me was a little bit concerning. We do know that Ben Shepard can play the one because he played a little bit of point guard in high school before his growth spurt. So there is that versatility there being more of a ball handler than Chris Duarte. But I think Chris Duarte can guard up a little bit more. 
can guard the three spot where uh, Ben Shepard even said he wasn't sure if he could guard threes in the NBA. So to me, I think that, you know, they're very close, but Chris Duarte does have a couple of years on him in terms of like overall age. And I think that could be part of the reason why they went and got Ben Shepard. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's definitely true. And when I'm looking at it, the the sample size for Ben Shepard was larger. Duarte just had that real good, just two years at Oregon. And that, that last year was solidly better than the previous year. But yeah, I mean, that year where he, when he came out of the draft after the 2020, 2021 season, I mean, he was really good. He was mm-hmm. a really good pro. Um, but yeah, obviously he was a, a little bit more seasoned in college as well, but to your point on the replacement, it, it just makes a lot of sense to say, Hey, look, we don't feel great with Duarte moving forward. Uh, Ben Shepard probably is going to be the guy that ends up, you know, taking over for him. And I, I really like the larger sample size from three, because if we go the previous year, Chris Duarte shot 33% from three and then 42% that following year, Ben yeah. Shepard you know, a real solid three-point shooter improved every single year in college. So I, I the pick of Ben Shepard is really growing on me, knowing that I don't have high expectations this year. Yeah, so speaking of Chris Duarte, this is a man that will not be playing in Summer League. He is not listed on the Pacers Summer League roster. Benedict Matherin, Jairus Walker, Andrew Nimhard, Mojave King, Kendall Brown, Nate Lazuski, Ethan Thompson, Robert Woodard II, Isaiah Wong, Isaiah Jackson, Ben Shepard, Darius McGee, Oscar Shibway, and Eli Brooks will be the Pacers' summer league roster. The team uh, released that roster today. Benedict Mather and Andrew Nimhart are probably going to be starting for the team next year. They'll be playing in summer league in their second year. Kind of cool. Isaiah Jackson in his third year is playing in summer league, but no Chris Duarte. thought that was a little bit interesting. You know, the other day I was just thinking amongst myself, is Duarte going to play, you know, in, in summer league? And it's just like, I get it. Like he's at this point, you know, older, more seasoned, but he should be playing in summer league. He could really use the reps. Last year, I believe he just played that first game or maybe it was two. I know first that one. they were saying that he still had the toe injury at that point, which I thought was crazy, but it was nice to see him out there. Um, Made me feel like, okay, good. Hey, look, he looked better than other players in summer league in that game. Game. This year around, Benedict Matherin, Nimhard, I think they probably only play about two games or so uh, as we do look to get uh, a better look at the rest of the team. But I'm excited to see Matherin and Nimhard out there with Jarris Walker. Kendall Brown's got to be that guy that everybody's like, okay, does he have it or not? I want to see it. This is a big year for him, even though still just expected to be on a two-way deal. I mean, what are you most excited to see out there in Summer League? Mojave King, baby, what are you expecting? Like, that's the guy the I want to see the most, man. No, obviously, Jairus Walker. Come on now. Yeah. I want to see how Nimhard, Jairus Walker, Benedict Matherin, and Isaiah Jackson all play together. And whoever is going to be that five, whether it's Ben Shepard. I mean, obviously, whenever you get these young players out here, Isaiah Wong, like, yeah, you want to see your, your rookies play. And I want to see how they play with the rest of the guys on the roster. Um, yeah, I, honestly, though, I am a little bit intrigued to see how Mojave King does just to kind of get a better feel for him. I think he'll probably be a backup point guard, shooting guard, whatever he is with Isaiah Wong uh, in that second unit. But I, I think you're probably going to see Ben Shepard start. Kendall Brown will probably come off the bench. would be my guess, but Kendall Brown could start. Maybe they bring Ben off the bench, but I just, I feel like Ben feels more part of the roster than Kendall Brown does. Definitely. So Kendall Brown's more of a two-way guy to me where, where Ben's more of a solidified first round pick. He's going to play. So 
I would assume the starting five is that. Um, but I, I'm really curious to see how they play. I think it's going to be a fun team, very athletic, very good basketball IQ. I want to see Isaiah Jackson take some steps in summer league. I want to see him dominate. I don't want to see Oscar Shibway out there making him look bad. Yeah, and look, here, here's the thing. This is a big year for Isaiah Jackson because we still don't necessarily know exactly what he is. Consistency hasn't really been. If you look at his numbers, you can say consistency because they look exactly the same as the previous year. Yeah. It just you didn't see him take that step forward. I would like to see him be like a man amongst boys. And he had some moments last year at Summer League where he did look really good. So mm-hmm. I hope that he looks like he doesn't belong, and I hope that he's one of those players that maybe they even pull – and when I say don't belong, I mean like, like he's too good for it. And I hope maybe they even pull him to say, okay, great. Hey, look, we don't want anything to happen to you, but they hope they do that after, say, you know, I don't know, two, three games. Um, but, yeah, Oscar Shibway, someone that I think is probably going to be really pushing Isaiah Jackson, both Kentucky guys, even though you – know, I love to claim Oscar first as a West Virginia guy, but uh, you know, I, I do think that that he's going to be someone, you know, really making his impact on the glass. I'm not familiar with Nate Lazuski from, from Notre Dame. I want to yeah. say that he's someone that I believe might've worked out for the Pacers. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but the name sounds familiar in terms of that. Kendall Brown. I'm really excited to see other than that, Isaiah Wong, I, I feel like as someone that you and I like and had a good college career. And I think that he is someone that, in an emergency situation, we could see on the roster as that last point guard at times. So, you know, who knows? Uh, but Jarris Walker is what all eyes are going to be on. You want to see your rookie just go out there and just just dominate. And we don't need him putting up 20 and 10. But we want to see some block shots. We want to see the rebound. And we want to see the de- defensive capabilities. So for that, man, Summer League already around the corner. I could be wrong. What is it, July July, 7th? July 8th is the first game for the okay. Pacers. They play verse, surprisingly, the Washington Wizards. It just feels like we can't get them away from us. Can't. Um, they were picked right by them. We traded with them. They were our opener last year for the season. We also play the Orlando Magic on July 10th. July 12th, we play OKC. And July 14th, we play the Dallas Mavericks. So, you know, everybody's going to have interesting rookies. Balako Labale for the Wizards. For the Magic, you got Anthony Black and Jed Howard. For OKC, you got Kaysen Wallace and Keontae Johnson. And then for Dallas, you've got Derek Lively and Olivier Maxens Prosper. So, you know, I think this is going to be some fun competition, uh, seeing these guys play against some of these other rookies as well. So hopefully Jarris goes out there and balls out. Uh, he'll be the number one or the highest pick on almost every single game except the Magic one So uh, of this year's draft. So that's cool. But, yeah, I mean – this is a great opportunity. I want to see how Benedict does as maybe the, the go-to scorer for this team. I, I don't anticipate him playing more than one or two games. Same with uh, Andrew Nimhard, but I think they want to kind of get them in there just to kind of get a feel for what maybe it could look like with Jairus and, and kind of what they did last year when they put Benedict in the same hotel room as Chris Duarte to get them some chemistry. Maybe they do this in the same thing with a Jairus Walker. Yeah, I think it's a great idea by the Pacers. Don't play them more than two games in any scenario because you know you're already you already have two real good players that very well could both be in the starting lineup or at least will be playing big minutes. But I think it's a great idea. I think there's a lot of players that, you know, those are the guys that you would expect. Is there anyone outside of Duarte that you would have said, hey, you know, I'm a little surprised he's not playing? There really isn't. I think the rest of the guys are older and uh, – yeah. You no, know, there's no one like left out, I'd say. 
No, I think everybody else is in like year four. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But yeah, it's a, it's an exciting roster. I think it's pretty good. So we'll see how they play and we'll see how they, you know, represent Indiana. But, you know, we'll, maybe we'll get to see Oscar Shibway put up some big rebounding numbers, Fachi, and that'll make you excited on the podcast. I'm excited to see what that looks like. I think so, because during the combine, I remember early on, he had some games where he was putting up like 12 rebounds per game. It's, oh, it's just man. what he does. Uh, I think Pacer fans will be excited about that. I mean, how could you not about a former national player of the year on a two-way contract? I mean, you, you meet a Brian, uh, Brian Bowen. I mean, these are guys where it's like, what were we ever going to get out of them? No offense, but like, I just don't understand. What, what was the long-term play? So over here now, I, I think that Isaiah Wong, Oscar Shibway, Kendall Brown, I have more, I don't want to say expectations, but I feel better about them actually being able to play real minutes in the league. More confidence in this group, for sure. Yes. All right, Fachi, anything else that you want to add on today's episode? I, I would just say, look, a, a couple other, you know, rumors going around is is, is that we're seeing that there could be other guys that are being potentially dumped or moved or teams that need to make some space and just a couple of teams to have your eyes on because here's the players that we've already seen moved as, you know, pre CBA casualties. We saw John Collins, Davis Bertans, Rashawn Holmes, Jordan Poole feel like the players that were moved for teams to get ahead. Well, looking at a couple other teams, you know, the Miami Heat are in that category right now where Victor Oladipo just picked up his $9.5 million option, which I'm sure the Heat were not thrilled about. Uh, and oh, then, they knew he was going to do it. I mean, oh, of course. Of course they knew he was going to do it. But this is a team that needs to – they need to make a move. Kyle Lowry is probably someone that's going to be dumped. I don't know if he's going to be waved and stretched, but I think that's a name to keep an eye on. The Hawks are – seems like they're looking to move Clint Capella. Uh, you know, and then I started to go through a couple other teams. Take a look at the Clippers. They're projecting to be a super tax team, meaning they would lose the ability to use the taxpayer mid-level. Um, Norman Powell, three years, $18 million per year. Uh, I don't, don't know what they're going to do with that, but like uh, we brought him up the other day, Marcus Morse or Eric Gordon. Those are guys that I think that we could see the Clippers make a move soon. And mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, you look at the Bucks. The Bucs need to re-sign Middleton. They want to re-sign Brooke Lopez. At this point, you know, could they be looking to to make a move? I don't know if Bobby Portis could become available or anything of that, but they're going to need to do something. Otherwise, the, the books are not looking good for them. Yeah, those are all interesting names. I'm just glad there wasn't anybody with, like, Albatross contracts for, like, four years <laughs> that you mentioned. No, no. Expiring nope. is like that. Like, yeah, yeah it's... It's tough because we don't have a ton of space. So that would basically be taking up all of our space to do these deals. So unless you're getting like a major asset back, it's not worth it. You're not Washington. You're not Utah where you had 40-some million. You're no. kind of on the cusp of trying to be a playoff team. You know, so it's, man, none of these names are really like step sticking out to me. I was like, yeah, I would be okay with that. Here's one name that no one's going to be excited about, but just tell me what you think. There's rumors that Danilo Gallinari could be bought out by the Wizards. Okay. He missed all of last year with a torn ACL. I don't even know what his market could be. If the Pacers end up, you know, striking out, do you have any interest at all? You're not going to get any defense out of him. Yeah, that's kind of like that third-tier guy oh, you're yeah, looking agreed. to add at the end, like a nice bench piece. Yeah. He, I, bench piece. I feel like he gets bought out and goes to Phoenix. 
no doubt, I don't think the Pacers are going to be number one on his list if he gets bought out. I think that he will probably try and you know look for more of a contender. But that was a name that was like, hmm, okay. Uh, Torian Prince, a non-guaranteed $7.5 million. I, I think he's probably going to be waived. Uh, that's someone we were interested yeah. in a couple of years ago. But, you know, he's, he's not a priority. Yeah, I just these these got these contracts aren't that big of a deal to me. I'm thinking more like like a Jordan Poole level of contract. Yeah, yeah. They're Could a guy just, like DeRozan be on the move if the Bulls decide to blow it up? They trade Levine, they trade DeRozan. Could DeRozan be a salary dump type team? You know, I know that sounds crazy to say, but could yeah, there be crazy something things there? could happen? Uh, the Bulls need to make some moves because here's here, here's one contract you're not going to be able to move. That's Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, I don't he think could be one that possible. makes he could be one though that makes sense as a as a dump like this with assets attached. Well, the assets have to be attached because we don't know if he's ever going to play again. Still has two years left on his deal, upwards of twenty million dollars per year. Uh, the Bulls are coming off of that; they didn't have a first round pick last year. So, are they willing to include a future first in there just to get him off the books? I don't know, but that would solve a lot when they're looking they, to sign. They have the they have the Portland first as well. That's protected. And if Portland decides they want to make some significant moves, they're gonna to have to like basically take that protection off with Chicago, which could be very enticing. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, you know, I was looking at the books for the 76ers. I don't care how much they try and play up Tobias Harris. They need to move Tobias Harris because if they're serious about signing James Harden, they're also looking to be most likely giving Tyrese Maxey potentially a max contract. Yeah. So I mean, with Tobias, though, he's only on one year deal. So that, but that's what I'm saying. It's one year. It's it's thirty nine point two million dollars. But I think they're trying to make it seem like they're not that interested in moving him. But I really do think we're going to see that asking price come down and down and down. And it's just. Uh, that's a situation right now that that is probably something to eye. But one other thing that I know that you're interested in, and I know I've been interested in, Jake Fisher said that look for the Rockets to potentially look to move KJ Martin for more flexibility. I thought that was interesting because he's only making about one point nine million dollars. Team option. If you if you're the Pacers, KJ Martin is someone I I think you should definitely want to take a flyer on. Yeah, flyer guy for sure. I would definitely be okay with that. I mean, KJ Martin is a good player. Uh, just that Houston team, they got a lot of money to spend, and it just makes sense roster-wise to keep him on there, especially if he wants a bigger opportunity. Um, I just had another name, and it slipped my mind about one of these Albatross contracts. <laughs> oh, man. I was thinking about Tobias Harris, and I was thinking about how that would work, and then I was someone came in. Oh, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. I had Ben Simmons on the list. I just feel like the second the name came out of my mouth, I thought it would have been like, oh, God, no. But I look, know. It, here's what it is. He's got two years remaining on his contract, $37.8 million and $40.3 million. They would have to attach assets to him. Ah, I just don't know if if you're the Pacers and you want to take that swing. It depends what's coming with him. But think about this. That's a team that's going to be looking to re-sign Cam Johnson. They want to get better. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know because if you're the Pacers, what could you really give them back that is a negative contract? We really don't have negative contracts. No, we don't have anything that would be good to take, you know, give back. Like, you know, that would be a terrible buddy trade. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you could do like Tice. Buddy Tice. It, 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 yeah, it's like you could do Tice and still, you know, make it work. But it's like, 
I just don't know if Ben Simmons is ever going to return to who he was. If this yeah. was last year, it makes a little bit more sense. But I just feel like when the Pacers want to win and take those steps, it, it's a, it's still scary to make that type of move. The only way it makes a little bit of sense is if you, you know, don't have a long term future for Buddy. You throw Tyson there, get the money to equal out basically for this year. It's a lot on next year's books. Uh, he's an expiring at that point. But if you could yeah. add a pick or two in that deal to take him off the hands of Brooklyn. I know they don't have their own pick, so they're trying to win. But if like you could take off like a Phoenix first and somebody else's first, like then you have like a lot of first round picks to play with trade wise. Like that's the only reason you would do it. I'm not saying I want to do it. I'm not saying that at all. Nobody listen to this podcast and say, Ox, want us trade Ben Simmons. No, I'm just saying in this hypothetical scenario, we're talking about a salary dump. That is the only way I'm doing something like that for an Albatross contract like a Ben Simmons is if you give me a pick or maybe two. Yeah, and that's the thing is when you look at first-round picks, you're looking at those Phoenix picks, and it's like, oh, are we going to do another scenario where we get like Boston's 29th overall <laughs> pick? And at, at that point, that's not enough to take on Ben Simmons right now. Uh, hopefully at one point he, he returns back to the player that he was, but the Pacers don't have any bad contracts to say, you know what, I really want this guy off the books. So I think that's someone that you probably avoid and then other than that, one of the other rumors in there was that, you know, the Kings are very actively looking at Kyle Kuzma. Now, the Kings have $35.6 million in salary cap space, which is more than the Pacers. They are looking to re-sign Sabonis, but look for Kyle Kuzma to potentially, you know, be on the Kings' radar. They mentioned that the Kings had interest in him in the past. So, you know, I thought that that article was, uh, you know, had a lot of um, – Crumb trails of stuff that that could be, but at the same point, the next few days it's going to be a a storm. A storms are coming. Of rumors, yes, they are. Mark Stein had a report as well saying that the Mavericks and the Suns had a deal at the draft that the Suns turned down. It was Tim Hardaway Jr., um, Tim Hardaway Jr., Rashawn Holmes, and Javale McGee for DeAndre Ayton, and the Suns said, "Thanks, but no thanks." Uh, Based on the actual reporting from Mark Stein, it said the Suns balked at the inclusion of JaVel McGee. <laughs> Which I, I was surprised that it was like that was the deal breaker right there. Like, I, I don't, I, off the top of my head, I don't know what JaVel McGee is making, but I, I like six struggle million. to imagine. I was about to say, I struggle to imagine that he has more than one year left on that contract. One year um, for six is what he's got left. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like, all right, whatever. But it's also funny that, you know, that happened on draft night. What did the Mavs have? Or Sean Holmes for 10 minutes before they were looking to swing him again in, in a deal? Because Probably just trying to know, do a they, three-way trade. Yeah, it, it must have been that. Because when I heard draft night, I was like, wow, that was really quick. But I think that would have been a, a, a good move for Dallas. Because having Luka, having Aiton, maybe if you re-sign Kyrie, yeah, that that's a that's – a, a decent big three. I don't know if you're still, you know, winning the championship, but you're definitely a better team than the the sum of, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., JaVale McGee, and Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, no matter how you feel about DeAndre Ayton, Rashawn Holmes is not even in that conversation. No. Like, nope. Rashawn Holmes couldn't even get minutes with the Kings as a backup. Like, Alex Sun was getting backup minutes over him. And, you know, JaVale McGee played himself completely out of the starting lineup. Like, he was promised a starting spot with Dallas and just completely, like, lost it. So, you know, JaVale McGee, he's just an older guy that doesn't really make a lot of sense anymore. 
Tim Hardaway Jr. would have been fine, but they have so many guards already. Like, why add another guard? It's a salary inclusion for that one. But all right, Fudge, I think that covers it for this episode here with some rumors, some fake trade talks that we saw on Twitter, you know, calling out uh, myself for maybe a hot take I had about Buddy Hill, and I just wasn't being completely accurate in what I was saying. So wanted to clear that up, just make sure that I'm not trying to act like I don't think Buddy has value. So I appreciate David Matillo calling me out on Twitter for that. Uh, hold me accountable, man. I need it. I need it, Fudge. Hey, don't we all? And, you know, a little bit of summer league talk sprinkled in because, yes, guys, it's, about it's that. right around the corner before you know it. Seeing that roster, it really got me going. I really started thinking, oh, <laughs> man, it's that time of the year. I couldn't wait until, you know, October or anything like that for Pacer basketball. I need it next week or the, <laughs> or the week after, to be specific. But yeah. you get the point. Yeah, we'll get free agency and some trade stuff the next couple next week or so. And then in two weeks, we can get ourselves big, fixated on some summer league basketball. But with that being said, Pachi, you know what to do. People know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash Setting the Pace of Pacers podcast where you can find all of our video content. And if you love the podcast, please do us a big favor. Go leave us a five-star rating and review, whether it's on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Any positive reviews are great. If you have negative things to say about us, well, uh, please refrain from posting those publicly because we want to make sure that we keep a solid and strong rating. But you know, we appreciate everybody checking us out when you can. And hopefully you've been been enjoying the content that we've been putting out there for you. But Fachi, if you're excited to see the Pacers make some splashy moves, maybe not splashy, but just some moves, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We go